2: Welcome back everybody to Private Education, the Smart Sex and Relationships podcast, as I am every week. I'm Aislinn Keenan, your host, and I promised you a man <laughs> guest, because we've, <laughs> we've had a lot of female guests, mm-hmm. uh, but this week's guest is a former Ireland international footballer, a sports pundit, a qualified psychotherapist, and has recently released his autobiography and become an author. And that's... That's quite an interesting mix of accolades. Richie you're welcome to the podcast.
0: Ashling, how are you doing? Bloody Good. delighted to be here.
2: Thanks for coming in. Um so the first time I encountered you mm. outside of a strictly sports context was I think it was was it April, the Irish Times article, where you it was almost a transcription of an interview yes. or a chat you had with transitioner boys. So I was reading through that and it was all about you you talked to them about consent and that was what the extract, I suppose, was about. So mm. I wondered, because I, when I was telling people I was having you on the podcast, they were like, a sports pundit, h- h- and why is he talking about consent, you know, so yeah. explain to me how that, like, that seems like a bit of a disconnect. So explain to people how you got from, you know, your kind of traditional role as a sports commentator and a, and a former professional uh, player to going into schools and talking about consent.
0: Yeah, it's quite the journey. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I, in, when I was 31, yeah. so I finished playing football when I was 24 because of an injury. Mm. And then when I was 31, I just followed a bit of a curiosity I had in the whole area of psychotherapy. Mm-hmm. I'd gotten a lot of help from going to psychotherapy. So I thought, Jesus, I think I'd enjoy doing this. So I went to college and started to learn about it and then started to practice as a psychotherapist. And then mm-hmm. I started wandering into the area of working with younger people. And one of the things I did, I went into my old school, St. Benildis, and offered myself for classroom related mental health stuff. Okay. It's as vague as that. I had yeah. no other idea in my head. I had nothing specific in mind. So I did a mental health module. And in that, when, when you get, so these are all 15 or 16 year old lads. Mm-hmm. And when you get young people to talk openly about what their life is like what the landscape is like that they're moving in. Mm -hmm. Invariably, sex will come up. Relationships will come up. Porn will come up. All this kind of stuff. And I thought at the same time, actually, Louise O'Neill's novel Asking for it came out. Yeah, yeah. And also I was working with a couple of young people in my clinic. And they had, I'm obviously going to give no details here at all, Mm -hmm. but they got into a great deal of distress Mm -hmm. themselves and their partners and by extension, their families. In this area. Okay, yeah. And one of the things that really came out for that was like, we don't talk to young people about this. Yeah. We just let them fend for themselves. Mm-hmm. And then usually we judge them or shame them when they do something or say something wrong. But nobody makes themselves available to listen or to answer questions. So we, I put together a sexual health module. It's going to spin off in the mental health one. Yeah. And it's myself and a colleague of mine, Elaine Burns, have done that. And then... I think on the back of the, the the Belfast trial and lots of other things happened yeah, in our society over topical, the last few. yeah yeah so yeah. then now everyone's to wonder what the hell is consent how yeah. do you talk about it who should you say yeah. what to yeah. so
2: I was even Kira Kelly you know on News Talk was mm. was talking today actually about um I don't know the the lack of uh, sex ed- education in schools and I know like the reason one of the reasons I started the podcast is to make people more comfortable talking about those issues and to help younger people or adults or whoever needs it to have those conversations more comfortably and, and she was kind of saying that the sex ed in schools is inadequate then I had a lot of uh, feedback from people who listened who are teachers saying well it's come a long way and actually we're doing this and this and this so did you find in the schools that you went into you went to multiple schools did you or was it just the one?
0: Well we we, we We've been in Benildas since I, I've been there five years. We've okay. been doing the sexual health thing two and a half years. Right. And now we've kind of left Benilda's so and now we're kind of putting together something which will go from school to school, to. Ta- okay. having taken on all the stuff we've observed over the last few years and mm-hmm. um, trying to hone it from a sexual health module into a specific consent workshop. Okay. And the thing actually we like the easiest thing to do in the world with young people is to go in and lecture yeah so i talk they listen they stay silent and i leave i get paid and the teachers can tick a box saying we've done the consent thing but our approach is to get their voices in the room as quick as possible so that they're comfortable to say or ask whatever it is they need to say so that's our challenge about how we put together something which in a one-off visit can get them comfortable and open but we don't recklessly expose them to saying something that we're not there to follow up and support them with. Yeah. So there's a lot of little issues you have to kind of keep an eye on. Because
2: out. when I was reading the the, I, I, I know I I'm aware it was just an extract mm. um of the chat that you had with. Why the did you think engineers. reading? It? Uh, this is the thing. I thought the boys sounded really comfortable. I felt like what they were saying, they obviously trusted you. They obviously trusted your colleague because they were having a really open conversation. Um, the 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 dialogue flowed and it wasn't just reams and reams of stuff that you were saying and in fact you were kind of just jumping in to kind of qualify or clarify what they were coming out with so you were kind of letting them talk and then addressing what they'd said does that did you feel like that it got to that point
0: that that's what we kind of aim to do we bring a topic up in a room with a load of young people and probably they've had minimal or no experience at all Mm -hmm. of talking openly Certainly, with an adult, certainly yeah. not in front of 25 of their classmates about these topics. So, we kind of tiptoe into each one and we say, that, So, if it's consent, so lads, what's consent? Like, mm. what, what, what? And someone will throw out a, a definition and I'll ask for other ones. And then you're kind of trying to encourage interaction between them, which is something that very few people can do. We, we struggle to talk to our mates about sex yeah. or ask questions yeah. and stuff. You've covered this loads on this, but yeah. I want to tell you. Yeah. So, we, we're trying to start those practices so that actually by the end of the six weeks talking to each other or or differing in in opinions is normal in this area Mm -hmm. so we kind of try and facilitate a chat Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. they are very open like if like teenagers are full of questions yeah they're full of ideas they're full of energy they're they're they they, they, and obviously it's really interesting as well actually when you're observing a lot of young lads because they're obviously all when they're 16 to trying to adopt this posture of expertise yeah, yeah, yeah. in a, in <laughs> yeah. an area that they're completely inexperienced or the varying levels of experience, and we don't obviously ask for specifics as to yeah. what their experience is. So, um, you're just there to kind of to 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 help them along mm-hmm. and to 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 answer questions or to in in ways like what did you have when you were a student in in school? Nothing.
2: No, very Nothing. little. Very. I think there was one day, and it had a very religious bent. I'll I'll, I'll admit that. Like it was very much. Don't have sex because you will get pregnant and you might get sick. You know it was very yeah. just scare tactics I
0: was recently on on News Talk with Pat Kenny talking about this topic mm. and I just flipped it back at him and I said, "Matter like what? What did you get?" Mm. And he said, uh, "Like I had one of these weird moments. Like, oh my god, I'm talking." Why did you p- ask? I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm talking. Well, he was chatting about my <laughs> yeah, stuff yeah. and I just I liked I don't I'm kind of bored talking about my stuff, so I kind of flip it back in the yeah. other person. So I said, "How did you learn about sex?" Yeah. And he was great. He answered it honestly. He said, he says, Richie, let me tell you. He says, it was a Christian brother school and we were given, I don't know whether you said a book or a leaflet. Right. And pregnancy involves a man putting where his water comes from into where a woman's water comes from. <laughs> that was it.
2: <laughs> Which is scientifically inaccurate, let me tell you. <laughs> right. So
0: no follow-up questions, no yeah. explanations, no teasing out of anything. Yeah. It was a they are lads, now that's it. Yeah. You're, you're fully briefed.
2: It's kind of a finger wagon thing, isn't it? Yeah. Like it's just and i like a scare tactic and i was in a you you were obviously in a boy an yeah, all boys all school, boys school all i was in up. an all girls school yeah. all the way up um, and it was a convent school and so it was more so they were and it was all it was also in a kind of disadvantaged area so they they were very much focused on just don't get pregnant okay and don't, they didn't they didn't really specify how they just said don't have sex they didn't say there's contraception there's this there's this there was no nuance there was no gray area um, now, I'm sure I was like, since I've left school, there was, there's been a change. But I know in your book, you said that you weren't brought up necessarily with any education in this area. none So how do you think, obviously, you know, you've trained in psychotherapy, so that's, that's part mm-hmm. of it. But how do you think you got from a place of where a lot of people are not really talking about sex or sexuality or anything in, in that area to being comfortable kind of talking to young people or talking to anyone about that sort of thing. How do you think personally you moved?
0: Um, yeah, you're right. So when I was a teenager, sex wasn't mentioned. Mm. wouldn't have had any discussions with any adults about it. I left in 96 to move to England to be a footballer at the age of 17, still a virgin. Right? So I'm as as, as green and as, like, as, yeah. as naive as can be. And I went to, into a world of professional football, which is a particular type of culture when it comes to sex. Yeah. Everyone's a sex object, everyone's yeah. seen as a potential sexual partner. So no preparation for that at all. And then just w- when I started working in as, a, as a therapist and particularly in schools and particularly with young people, um, it, it kind of didn't matter what the area was or the topic was. I just started to realize really. And, and you get this when you're a therapist, you, you, you really understand the benefits of just talking mm-hmm. or or, or kind of creating a kind of a mood or or an atmosphere in a room where people feel like it's okay to talk about whatever, like whether you want a moment with a client or with 25 lads in a classroom, Mm -hmm. because when you get to that bit, you then things can happen. Yeah, then you you can help people, you can support people, you can guide them in a certain way or away from certain decisions and you can just do something. You can do very little with someone who sits silently in the corner, mute, not engaging for lots of reasons. Mm -hmm. They're, They're not engaging, but if they don't, you can't really help them. So um, I'm I'm like I'm 40 now like you know when you're 16 or 17 you're I don't know if you remember what it was like at that age for you do, Like I yeah, do. like your body conscious yourself yeah. you're, 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 you're just self conscious you're yeah. unsure of yourself the ground is shifting beneath you all throughout your adolescence yeah. it's not like that when you're 40 yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you'll find out Yeah. so it's just I'm a bit more comfortable chatting about all the In stuff general, yeah, yeah. that the people go through
2: and to bring it back around then to the the kind of the extract I read with the boys from Transition Year mm. Um, that you know, module that that particular um occasion. How did like I'm I'm interested. It was almost like I read the extract and then I was like, but I want to know how this finished. I want to know how, when you left them. How did the land lie? How did you feel they were going to go out into the world?
0: So we over six weeks kind of weave in and out of lots of different topics. Mm-hmm. So relationships, consent, contraception, porn, sex loads of different areas and anytime consent comes up they'll always start and a lot of people do this they start with trying to define it or using language of the courtroom or legal stuff you know how how do you define it okay okay and then they need that information and then we let them and 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 that's like you kind of get no you're just going around around circles trying to define something Mm -hmm. and then by the end of it they've moved away from chats about the how it's defined in a courtroom, to well, how is it achieved in the bedroom? Mm-hmm. And those conversations are really interesting because we asked them, like, what, well, what, what, what is consent? And then someone will use the word like it's, it's permission, and then someone actually will follow up, going, no, it's more agreement. Permission is like one person to the other, where it's agreement is like it's a mutual thing. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, actually, yeah, it's more of an agreement. So we let them
2: talk around, yeah, it yeah, kind of grapple with yeah.
0: the, the the complexities of it all. And then we said, Well, you know, how is it achieved? Like, how do you know if your partner's consenting? Mm. And then some of them are baffled by the question, and others look at me like, Why are you asking us the most obvious question in the world? Obviously, you just talk to them, you ask them, you check yeah. in. Like, there's <laughs> all levels of understanding yeah. and, and, and engagement in this. Um, and then some people will go, Well, okay, what do you mean to do? Every minute, say like, am I raping you? Yeah. Someone physical, will say yeah, that yeah, and they'll yeah, use deliberately yeah. provocative language because yeah. that's the kind of lads they're in class. Yeah, they're, they're they want
2: to get a laugh. They want to get a laugh. Get a reaction, so you,
0: so you yeah. kind of harness all that energy in the room. So you, we're not there to kind of give out to them for using bad language or saying phrases that might somebody somewhere might find offensive. You just have to let all that be a part of the thing. And then by the end, our biggest thing is it's, it's like just respect and communication. Mm-hmm. If you get those two things and they're vague in themselves. Mm-hmm. So... But I think
2: that cons- consent is vague, isn't it? In a yeah. way, like there's no rule book, and yeah. that's probably what teenagers struggle with. Because in a way, in school in particular, they're used to being told this is what you can do, this is what you can't yeah. do, and to be given a, a an issue or a topic and for it to be vague probably feels a bit shaky for them.
0: Because it's e- even if you go to the definitions, I can't think of them all in my mind, but you can you can see. They often do the rounds in social media. Someone will do an Instagram post of four things that consent is, or mm-hmm. what it is, what it's about, and it'll be you know consent is enthusiastic. Mm-hmm. Okay, but not everyone communicates enthusiastically in the bedroom. Yeah. Some people are quite shy or bashful or coy. It doesn't doesn't mean they don't want to be there or they're not enjoying what's happening. It's mm-hmm. just they're not particularly vocal. And others will say, well, and this is true, like con- consent. Um, Someone who's intoxicated cannot give consent. And you're okay that's grand, but giving that information to a young person, I think you're leaving them hanging a little bit.
2: Totally.
0: Because they're living in a culture where in order to probably get the first kiss, they need a few points. Yeah. That's just the way we're all brought yeah. up in this country. And that's so
2: not just teenagers, I exactly. can tell you. So like you got
0: so if you were to literally take that and yeah. so if if in if if you cannot give consent when you're intoxicated and the legal definition of rape is, you know, penetration without consent mm-hmm. is by definition a drunken sexual encounter between two people, a crime scene yeah. in 100% of cases? Yeah. And the answer is no. Of course. But yeah. in order to get to that, you've got to allow people just trash around in the mm-hmm. yeah, but so the yeah, but what if and all that. So we just and let I, them do all that. They had
2: a lot of questions, it seemed, about what defined intoxicated as well. Mm. Because they were saying, you know, if the if the, and they they seem to be referencing a girl boy relationship a lot and they kind of also seemed to feel as though. Um, the issue of consent was the male responsibility which I don't think it is at all and you were very um, quick to come back in and correct them with, mm. on gender a lot you were you know coming back in and saying well this is this could be girls this could be boys this could be girl girl boy boy all that kind of mm. stuff They there seemed to be kind of a, yeah a grey area about um, intoxication they were wondering well how drunk is too drunk to give consent and there are so many questions there's so many levels so how did you how did you like articulate could you, could that? You, could them? you
0: answer that question?
2: I don't know. I couldn't. Because, you, couldn't. you know,
0: the, you see the ad at the moment going around about, you know, let's stop excusing sexual violence or sexual harassment. And the scene is a man picking up a woman who, who looks really out of it, really mm-hmm. drunk. Um, and I think the scene is 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 deliberately leaves us all with questions. Like, is, is this some creep has picked up a stranger? Yes, yeah. It, as opposed to a brother or boyfriend being considered and bringing bringing this woman home um, so we we asked okay well because there is a thing that somebody can be so drunk that they're they they've just lost total capacity of what they're doing and it's like wildly inappropriate to have any kind of encounters with them because they just don't know what they're doing Mm -hmm. but like what if it's you and your partner and you've Had the same amount of drunk drink, and you've been doing it all day, and you've been planning it all week. Mm -hmm. the 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 criteria is still there. That, like she in this case, let's keep it. But is it like a no go zone? But that's the kind of relationship you have. Do you know what I mean? It's it's so so context specific. Yeah, and there are so many vague areas that I think whittling this down to little catchphrases and bullet points kind of leaves everyone with just more questions. You're not really be overly helpful. Yeah.
2: And there's too there's too much. They, they seemed as well to be quite fearful. Like yeah. there, there's a lot of I, I think I mean, for adults as well, not just for teenagers, when there's when there's a grey area and you're not exactly sure what's right and what's wrong, there's fear that you're going to get it wrong. And they seemed to be very aware of that from a kind of a, a scary legal perspective. It wasn't even between them and their their girlfriend or them and their boyfriend, it was very much like the law is going to come down on because me hard here.
0: The, someone will always and we we don't we don't get into too many details about mm. it. Like t- someone will always quote some random case, usually in America, that they read about on the Internet. Yeah, <laughs> so they go, Richie, I read about this fella in America and he was out with somebody and she was totally up for doing whenever they did. And she just regretted it in the morning and he got 20 years in jail mm-hmm. and you can't, you know, so you go, okay? I, I'm not actually sure of the details of that, and if you don't have any more details, I'm, I'm not sure we can go anywhere with this conversation. So yeah. we kind of let them come out with all the the fear mongering stuff. Yeah, yeah. That is that that is out there a lot. Yeah. Like I've seen There's TV a lot shows, of it. A lot but of it. they'll they'll wheel out some bloke who just can't grapple with the nuances of this area, and will start you know whinging about you know. So what is it? You know, if we we you can't hold a girl's hand anymore. Just so. It's, Bollocks! Yeah, just real, just Neanderthal bollocks, mm-hmm. and there's no nuance and no understanding in anything that they say. And the lads kind of can pick up on some of that, and they go because one of the things we found was really interesting. The first time we started bringing up consent, the whole class groaned, and we're like, "What? What's the groans about?" And they're like, "Well, we get it. Like, no means no. Don't be raping people." And we're the, where did that come from? And they had had, in I think a gender studies module. Um, Consent was brought up, and the the angle of the approach of the teacher at the time was from a crime avoidance, mm-hmm. and that just gets everyone defensive. Yeah, like if you go into any group of people, and the premise of the whole thing is they're potential criminals, and they're there to teach the criminality out of them, you're not going to get that an open, warm, engaging group. No. So basically, we pitch it at the start by saying, like, and, and we use this example, and and then I said we're not here. And we deliberately kind of t- t- ham it up. You know, we're not here because we think, you know, that we would keep all the women in the world safe from you lot. We're here to to, to support you, to have the healthiest, best sex lives possible. Mm-hmm. And teenagers will listen to that and go, OK, they're here to teach us how to have sex better. And yeah. they're now, they're now they're on they're board. board. They're on board now. Now yeah. we're getting to the very same end point yeah. is that they and all their partners are, safer and enjoying things more and have mm-hmm. more of an understanding of yeah. all the nuances in this area but you get them on board by doing that yeah sure and that's half the job with teenagers you just try and connect with them yeah get yeah, rapport yeah. and then you're away
2: yeah and like trying to teach criminality out of someone who would never have that intention in the first place almost makes them think does everyone assume I'm out to be a sexual deviant I you know, know. And, and putting that in the minds of a 15 or 16 year old boy can't be a positive thing
0: I know, and, and we do as well. Like to go back to the the the, the intoxication thing, like it, it it's it's a really murky area mm. because even mentioning that there's nuances in this area, or trying to like just even acknowledging that there there's when it, when, when I'm drunk and when my partner's when we're both drunk. It's very difficult to read each other's signals. It's mm. very difficult to communicate, or it, like everything about your 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 ability to stand up straight. Everything's gone when you're hammered, um, so you're you're trying to get across in in a really non-preachy way the benefits of just boxing clever when it comes to drinking drugs, mm-hmm. because in this area, if you're off your mind, out of your mind, and drink or drugs, you're really vulnerable, and mm-hmm. um, you, you just are. Now, you you have to you've. Some some people find that difficult to engage in because they think, hang on, it, it, this sounds like victim blaming here. Do you know what I mean? Like you yeah. and, and it's not at all. It's, it is before anyone has gone in your, any bedroom. You're kind of getting across the the dangers of being out of your mind mm-hmm. in, a, in any area, in but any particularly yeah, yeah. in a bedroom with someone else that you don't know mm-hmm. or that you might know or in a party that you've never been before. Young mm-hmm. people need a bit of support around that whole area, boys and girls.
2: Yeah. And so you know, when you were finished that module or when you mm. finished talk or even even not necessarily the whole module, but just the part about consent, did they did you get to a point where you thought, okay, these thirty lads or however many there were, I feel comfortable that they took the point, they got the gist, and they're now going out into the world as young men who will be respectful of whatever partner they choose to have or
0: Yeah, we we so it's the courtroom chat initially. Mm. It's the you know random stories from America. But yeah. then by the end, it's back to you. Yeah. You, the sixteen-year-old in front of me. Mm-hmm. Y- y- what is your responsibility? Um, and and if if it was if if you and your partner were in front of me, I would be using the word dual responsibility because mm-hmm. it's 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 not good to tell any young person to hand over responsibility to their partner, mm-hmm. whether they're male or female.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But by the end of it we've we've kind of exhausted the topic in that whatever area they're troubled with they've brought it up any questions they've brought it up any the little random examples we can deliberately bring up to to prod them a little bit to get them thinking in a little abstract ways that this isn't this isn't like abc stuff there there there's lots of nuance and complexity so by the end um they're in a much better place than at the start but you also have to accept that Particularly with young people. They're 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 impulsive. Um in many cases they're fucking stupid. Like I can think <laughs> of the, like I can think of loads of young lads at work and go, Oh my god, I'm fear for this fella in every area. <laughs> yeah, There's just yeah, yeah. no common sense, they've no cop on, yeah. they've no emotional intelligence, everything's underdeveloped. Mm-hmm. And they go, This kid needs an extra armor and you can't you can only work with people in a classroom. Course, so yeah. you obviously have to accept the limitations of what you do. But you just hope that, in a general sense, you've you, you you've, you've 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 paved the way for other chats to continue to happen yeah. after you leave.
2: So you also did. I saw you on a, a panel with uh, when you're on Ray Darcy with Nolan Blackwell from the Rape mm. Crisis Center, um, and you both were talking a lot about gender and how the issue of consent, like I said earlier on, kind of it almost becomes a male thing for whatever reason, and you both were saying that it's to remove gender from it altogether. Did, were you able to communicate that aspect to a room full of boys? Were, were you able to get across to them that, like, they could be raped? I know that was something that they kind of queried with you. like
0: Because at, at the start, a lot of them... Will, they have this kind of defensive thing, again, because there'll be certain people... We're putting out this message that consent—it's there to trap lads, mm. or that it's a tool used by people um, to, you know, to, to whenever to, to to punish lads or trap lads, and mm. it's unfair, and lads are all going to be victims of these miscarriages of justice and all this kind of stuff. So we we bring them through all the court figures and all the reporting statistics and the 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 like the, the shockingly low levels of reported cases, which go to yep. court and yep. all that. So we, 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 we take their claims of what they think the world looks like to go, well, actually, here's the figures. Yeah. So get that shite out of your head. This is <laughs> this is the reality. So we bring them in that way. Yep. And then it is all, like this boy girl thing. So we keep bringing it in. So lads, whether your partner's a male or female, it doesn't matter.
2: Yep.
0: Respecting them and respecting yourself is always the right thing to do. Yep. Communicating with them and constantly checking in with yourself, communicating with yourself. Am I okay with this? Okay with this because we've this assumption that I think lads are always advancing, Yeah. Try, trying yeah, yeah. to, and that's, it's up yeah. to say if It's me and you. I, yeah. I'm always wanting to go more and more and more. Yeah, and it's up to you to put the brakes on. Yeah, we've led to believe that that's a man and a girl's. Yeah, um, that's their role. Behavior. Yeah. That's their roles. Yeah. Um, that's not the case. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. not how adults behave. That's yeah. just that's just wrong. Yeah. So, yeah.
2: and something else you said actually on that in your book, um, is that. You, this is a quote from you uh, the idea that a woman could enjoy sex or speak about it comfortably was used against her and that was something that you kind of experienced in your mm. younger years of football and that do you like that's exactly you know it's a sweeping generalisation to assume that uh, you know a man will be more eager for sex and a woman will be more you know should be more reserved should be more reserved because
0: yeah. we, I would swear to God and I think people still think this in places that if me and you were to meet, so a male and a female, and we were to have sex. And and it's a sign that I disrespect you and it's a sign that you disrespect yourself. Yeah, because if you really thought much of yourself, you wouldn't give it away so quickly. Mm-hmm. And if I really thought much of you, I wouldn't try it on so quickly. Mm-hmm. It's like that it's it's this negative thing. And one of the things I, I, of the many things I had to adjust to when I went to England at that age way back, I I I had a load of friends girls who would talk openly about sex and their periods and there'd be no their faces wouldn't go red. Mm-hmm. They wouldn't like look at the ground or stop break eye contact. They were just talking normally as if this was totally normal. And I'd never seen that before. Mm-hmm. I'd no knowledge. I didn't none of my female friends from home spoke about that mm-hmm. at all. Mm-hmm. Um there's
2: a lot of shame in Ireland still gosh, about loads. that, isn't there?
0: Cause if I if I talk openly uh, as a man about enjoying sex or, or the things I like to do mm-hmm. sexually yeah. or the experiences I've had sexually, there's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. It's very quickly someone will accuse me, your man is only after one thing. Mm-hmm. He objectifies women and he's no sense of commitment or respect. He's always just about sex and what he can get. And if you were to talk openly in the same way, very quickly, someone will just slut shame you. Yeah. Listen to your one. Yeah. Women don't talk like that. Mm-hmm. How does she think she's going to get a partner if she's talking like that? Yeah. She's had X amount of partners before. Like we we used to... Like, this idea that like, if you've had more partners, you're of less value. Like, where, Like what the fuck is that all about? <laughs> yeah. and Rather it, doesn't,
2: it doesn't apply equally to both genders either. Not
0: at all. It's completely so, gendered. So yeah. we tease all that out in the classroom with the lads because it's really interesting. We we, we start with we a whole class about gender roles. Mm-hmm. And we start off with things like lads, to, you know, it's f- football, a boy's sport. Mm-hmm. So low level stuff but gets them talking about what they think a girl and a boy's role is in the world and then we start talking about it in relation to sex and it's really gendered. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: Like I know even from uh, myself when I as an adult woman who is very comfortable with all this. You're th- great. Topics, like, I did, like, but I mean that this is the thing It's it seems to be a kind of a rare enough thing at the moment which is for, I see that as a, um, an issue to be honest which is why I want to do the podcast but even when I Um, when someone asks me you know what I do for work or whatever and I tell them all the other bits my my journalism and whatever Mm. and then I say I also have a podcast and they say oh brilliant and what's it about and I say (laughs) it's a sex and relationships podcast and I inevitably my shoulders go up and I'm a bit like I withdraw and I make myself smaller and then I say but it's not you know it's not gratuitous and it's not this and it's and I explain it away and I clarify what what exactly you know and I shouldn't have to do that, but because I'm a woman, people inevitably go. You know, the, their heads go back, and they kind of go, "Well, sex and relationships? What? Where, Jesus! Where, and how come you talk about that? And what? You know,
0: do you are you still as? Oh yeah. Is it? Have you noticed it's gotten more or less since it started? Are you still as?
2: It depends on the person who's asking me. Right. It depends on the person. Sometimes I'll I'll proudly and I'll you know I'll be delighted to, to tell people, <laughs> but sometimes it's still depending on the person. I still get a bit defensive, and I still feel like, um, it's not my place to talk openly and not like how dare I be so comfortable with this subject that I could interview people about it or talk to people about it and I feel like you know when I read that um, and I heard all kind of about you outside of your sporting context I I was thinking I better get him on as guest because <laughs> we it's obviously you know it's a thing that I, I mean I wish more people could feel this way. Do
0: you know, like we're, so we we're in a moment ago talking about consent mm. and then how do you approach the topic of consent? But you have to bring it back on about peel back about four or five layers and mm. go, well, what do people think sex is? First of all, and a lot of people don't even want to talk about sex. Mm. So the idea of getting a room of people, whether they are 16 year olds or 40 year olds. To talk openly, first of all, about their questions about sex to lead to a scenario where they're in a room with their partner and they're comfortable talking about sex, like to that to some people. That is just an alien concept and yeah. they can't get their head around it at all. So yeah. I think if you don't get the bit where people are comfortable to talk about sex, you'll always have limited results in trying to encourage them all to speak more openly to their partner at the time. You know, are you comfortable doing this, are you enjoying this. Is yeah. this OK? W- yeah. Whatever language you want to use, yeah. but it involves being comfortable talking about sex. Mm-hmm. And people's inability to do so leads to a load of avoidable distressing scenarios.
2: And when you kind of approached uh, like, I mean, they're teenage boys, but I think Mm. a very similar kind of schema could be applied to a lot of people uh, in the like about about sex and about talking about sex and consent and all those issues when you approach them. Um, or when you approach a fresh group of lads say or or girls or whoever in future what's your kind of um, your way in to get them to kind of open up to trust you like how do you make them feel the warmth kind of because I'm thinking if you could do it with them you know and give people advice on how to make someone feel comfortable talking about that like there might be someone listening to this now whose partner is really closed off about talking about sex. We'll have sex all the all the live long day, but won't talk about it necessarily. And I want to maybe see if I can get from you how they might approach it in a gentle or roundabout or whatever way, you know.
0: When it's one on one.
2: Yeah, or even or even to a group of pals, say. I
0: I, I think, well, well, how I did it and we did it in the classroom is, like, so you're looking at ice-breaking exercises. Mm. I'm one of the ones that works really well for us. We introduce ourselves. This is, I'm Richie. This is my background. This is what I do. Elaine does a little spiel about herself. And then we do a little confidentiality thing. So lads, whatever gets said here stays here. But there's limitations to that. And we explain what the limitations are. And then the ice-breaking bre- thing is, is a load of fun, actually, where you get people to, to draw up three lists in small groups. Um, sexual body parts, and then slang words for sexual body parts, sexual activity, and then slang words for sexual activity and then sexuality and then slang words. Okay. So you can imagine <laughs> like. <laughs> I, Sounds, I, like
2: I, Sounds like laugh. <laughs> yeah. I,
0: ethically, I couldn't take photos of the sheets, but <laughs> yeah, if I was ever to yeah, take photos yeah. of the sheets, it would just be a bring joy to so many people and it like some kind of really messed up stuff. It's all kind of the terms and terminology that they get from porn films and all this kind of Mm -hmm. mad stuff that you need to Google Mm -hmm. to know what they're talking about. So when they see us be amused by the same things they're amused at and be curious around the same things they're curious and be completely open about it all, it just kind of it just disarms everyone. Mm -hmm. So we're not there. Like we're in a classroom, so if we're not careful, it can very quickly look like a teacher-pupil scenario, whereas we we don't really see it as that.
2: Yeah, and you and
0: that's in the classroom scenario. So like yeah. I the same, I actually went into. Uh, I'm, I won't talk about any details about yeah. the content of the workshops, but I went in to speak to the Leinster and Munster and Connacht senior rugby panels. Mm-hmm. Um, they have a really comprehensive player welfare. Mm-hmm. program yeah. and they were looking to get consent on it for a while. And um, so I did that last year I was due to go up to Ulster, but the timing didn't suit me. And it's the same thing again. You're just trying to disarm people because in that scenario, you're talking about adults mm-hmm. who have a range of experiences from being probably an 18, year old who's flat out online dating to a 30 mid 30s who's married with children mm-hmm. like they're in completely different worlds when it comes to sex yeah. and consent. So you just try and disarm everyone, be really open and non-threatening. Yeah. Um. how you do it then with your partner, I suppose it depends entirely on what you think the issue is. Mm-hmm. Like, what, wh- why is there a reluctance? Why is there a, why did they shut down? And sometimes a glass of wine helps. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. and, and that might help some people. Yeah. Or sometimes, you know, going for a walk, actually they find them more open when they're on the walk or mm-hmm. sometimes just turning the light off mm-hmm. so they don't see their embarrassment or... You yeah. don't see my face and I'm yeah. cringing with all those little things that only a partner will know about their partner. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah.
2: And do you, do you think it would have been um, for you in your life, do you think having a Richie Sadlier come to your school when you were 15 and 16 and having that chat with you, do you think then when you did go off at age 17 to the UK to play football, do you think having had that chat, the one that you gave to the the young lads mm-hmm. now, do you think that that would have completely reframed your experience, or do you think you would have still gone over there? I, I don't <laughs> know.
0: Do you know? No, like I, you, I always ask, and I, I, you know, you can have a lot of fun conversations asking yourselves, "What mm. if a you know, certain sliding yeah. doors moment hadn't happened? What would your life have looked yeah. like?" But yeah. I think anyone, and particularly I use myself I, I, would have been better equipped going into young adulthood. Particularly young adulthood in the culture of professional football in the UK in mid-90s. Um, having had a, a module or classes where you just get to ask stuff. Or mm-hmm. you just get, and, and sometimes it's not you the one asking. You only have to rely on two or three people in the class to be vocal. Mm-hmm. And on behalf of everyone, they're asking the questions. Yeah. So you can be the quiet, mute fellow in class and still get all the information. Yeah. Absolutely, it would have helped me. I don't know what it would have... I don't know specifically what experiences <laughs> I would have had or like, like I still drank like a bastard. I was still completely <laughs> reckless. It was, you know, you wake up in the morning, you have no idea what you did the previous night. I, I don't know if the power, I, I, again, what I mentioned earlier, like there's a, there's a limit to the amount of impact you can have on how a person behaves in their social life. Yeah, if yeah. your only exposure to them is a class every week. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it's always a good thing to, to, try and facilitate chat amongst young people
2: mm-hmm. and you know that what you said about the making the lists and that's some of the stuff you had to google because it would terrify yeah. you you know like the, i think that's another issue and i feel like consent is completely mixed up with porn at the moment like and uh young people are are because they've access to the internet everywhere 24 7 They've so much more access to porn than we ever would have had as, mm. as teenagers. And they're learn They're getting a lot of their sex education from porn, mm. which terrifies me. Does it terrify that, you? Well, that, that was a
0: big part of the, the motivation as well, because any like, to go back to the couple of young people I worked with in my clinic, yeah. their sex ed- education was from the porn industry and mm-hmm. um, for, for lots of understandable reasons, it's difficult and awkward to go to your parents. Absolutely. yeah. You might have older siblings, but you you mightn't think at all about them as being possible support in this area. Um, And your teachers might be you might be in a school where they don't really have that much going on sex education wise. So there's lots of reasons, understandable reasons why it's difficult to get support in this or guidance. And porn is accessible to everyone. And when you're a teenager and your hormones are flying and you're getting sexually excited by everything, (laughs) you you like like porn is going to be a part of your life. Mm -hmm. Now, we can be judgmental and critical and and, and shame them all. But that's that's the reality for most young people at the moment. So we 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 really get into discussing porn really openly Mm -hmm. like just just if, if porn was your only teacher in sex, what do you think you'd be learning? What do you what, what would your expectations of sex be? Mm-hmm. So straight away they say you know every 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 woman likes to be you know you like to come in a woman's face they all love that mm-hmm. and 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 some women like to be spat on and some people like to be shouted at and. Every woman's friend likes to join in. They (laughs) just always do. And if you repeat a delivery man, you'll always get sex at the end of (laughs) it. And no one uses contraception and there's no need to discuss consent, because even when a woman says she doesn't want us by the end, she'll really like it Mm. because that's what porn tells you. So we 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 discuss all of those things and we just keep bringing it back to the real world. Mm -hmm. I'm glad there's certain things you just said there and all those examples that if you did that in the in the real world, you could get arrested Mm -hmm. like and you remember like at the start of the module you were all giving your opinions of what like a a sex criminal looks like or what a pervert is or what a creep is what you just said if you were to act in that way you'd be in that category so you're kind of just joining the dots for them yeah yeah um just kind of a bit of a provocative way yeah
2: and the the yes or the no means yes thing you know this whole frat boy in the US yes no means yes they they chant that and I've seen it like chanted in films and in documentaries mm. and stuff did they like do you feel like the culture with with the classes that you see are you know are they is that kind of I don't know pack mentality is probably unfair but do you know that thing of uh we'll get on board with it because all the lads are you know, was it did it feel like that or, or did you were you able to break them down into individuals and, and make them speak openly about how they actually felt? Or did you feel there was a bit of a there's, group consciousness?
0: There is always again, if you go back to being 16, mm. a big like one of the most important things is you need to feel like you belong in your group Um, so not everyone will have the capacity to go against what the group is saying. So it, it's really important that you're trying to influence the culture. Really, yeah. um, and we we, we like we, we I don't think we've ever once had to give out to anyone. We've never had a shouting match in anyone. We've never thrown anyone any question or anything they've ever said. We just take it on board. And if it's one of these bonkers questions, if it's one of these statements where you need to get somebody quickly to say that's bonkers, yeah. we just say, lads, any opinion on that? And the classroom will always correct them. There's Quite always the someone who go. You're talking shit. Yeah. And they'll okay. explain why. So you're you're again you're trying to remove ourselves from any confrontation or debate. Yeah. If they say something which you know is like bang out of order yeah. or just not true, yeah. we'll invite the classroom to put them right. And they always do. They always do. They always and
2: do. Did that fill you with confidence?
0: <laughs> well, I'd, i d I'd go in like a lot of people like you used the phrase I mean ago, like they they're they're learning from porn and that terrifies me or something yeah, like. you said yeah, something yeah, like yeah. that. Yeah. I, I kinda Go in with a much more optimistic view of them, all. yeah <laughs> yeah Do you know i, I yeah. just would and yeah. I like and maybe if I was a parent, yeah. I'd be different. I'm not a parent, so yeah. maybe if it was my thirteen or fourteen year old I'd be sitting at home, my wife going on oh, Jesus, like what's he watching on his laptop, what's yeah. his mate's talking about. We need to look at his phone, mm-hmm. he's grounded till he's eighteen. I don't know, yeah. I hope to God I wouldn't be one of those parents, but yeah. um I, I I'd go in like thinking the best of them all yeah, rather than the opposite
2: than the opposite yeah and y- when you were talking in your in your book as well about um, how you want to promote openness and frankness do your friends do you wreck your heads friends or your friends heads by <laughs> saying like you know come on let's like do you get, get everyone around and you know <laughs> light some candles and you know everyone joins hands and you all talk about sex for a while no, or no <laughs>
0: god i that's maybe a suggestion <laughs> <laughs> i might try that this weekend um i don't and, and do you know why as well like there, there's there is one part of this where like i said a minute ago you know it's it's really it, it in order to help people Be better equipped to negotiate what goes on in the bedroom with the partner and be comfortable and respectful. Yeah, it it, it helps to get people to talk more openly about sex. But there are a lot of people who just aren't comfortable talking about sex Mm -hmm. and they could be in a short term, long term or no relationship. And it's just not a topic that they think it's appropriate to speak about. Mm -hmm. And you kind of have to just accept that, too. Do you know what I mean? Like, I, I, I think and you're probably in the same thing. Openness is better. Yeah. And they kind of de-shame everyone And just get all the, the, the guilt And the cr- Just just
2: Clear that away Get that the out of the room stuff That doesn't need to be there Yeah anymore.
0: And yeah. just at least that's, This is normal and healthy And a part of life And a really healthy part Of a relationship Let's chat about it yeah. But that's not for everyone Yeah So you kind of have to go I don't Like I don't call my mates lads, <laughs> The girls Like tell us what Open you up. said Last night yeah, Come yeah, on yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. that's That's not the right way either yeah.
2: <laughs> But even I mean You know the Like What I always say is if any friends of mine because I I have inadvertently become the person that people go to for advice which I possibly bet. has ha- happened yeah. with you yeah um as you know once you once you fly the flag of you know I can, I'm okay to talk about sex people talk to you you know they take you up on it yeah um but for me like I always have to say to to friends or whoever asks me for advice or if they just want to to, to talk in a safe space in comic like everyone's doing it we're all doing it. Yeah. So I don't understand, you know, like communicating about it and talking about it, I feel the it can only get better if you have that open discussion. So, you know, um, encouraging people, I suppose. <laughs> Maybe not getting everyone around your house and forcing yeah. them to talk about what they did last night, but just uh, just talking about it as if you would talk about sport, say. Yeah. do you Do you try and...
0: Well, I, I'm, I'm the same, like, like the moment you decide to train as a psychotherapist, you become the go to guy in your group. Yeah, yeah, you yeah, just yeah, do. Suppose, so I've been dealing yeah, with I that suppose. for a decade. Yeah. So like, about e- everything, any social scenario, I'll go to somebody yeah. will grab me and I have to spend 10 minutes listening to <laughs> their work related issues, their relationship issues, their any number of things. Mm. Um, and that's fine. And you just work out a way of how to 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 to, to, to deal with all that. Yeah. But, Any time it's about relationships, the most common feature of the chats I have with someone, if it's a relationship issue, is their partner doesn't know what they think. They're telling me and they go... And and I go, well, does he know or does she know? That he know?" no. I say, would you mind me asking, like, what's that about? And they say, oh, well, I I couldn't. he'd, He'd do this or she'd do this or I'd be afraid she'd think this or he might see that or... I said, well, maybe give them the opportunity to demonstrate that they can react in whatever way. And then that's always and then I just back away and then (laughs) then I'm out of it. I've done my little bit. Exactly. Yeah. So you go, well, if it's a relationship between you and someone else, if it's a sex life between you and someone else, like they belong in the conversation Mm. and. I don't. Yeah. So you just kind of nudge them back in the direction of talking about the person who's most important, which is the partner. Yeah,
2: I feel like sometimes I remind people that, you know, people think of intimacy as sex. You know, when you say I I was intimate with someone, Mm -hmm. they think about physical intimacy and they think about sex. But sometimes I think like communication intimacy is... Definitely the wrong psychotherapy term, but you know that <laughs> that kind of thing can be missing from so many relationships, and I almost feel like in my head it's almost like you're you're jumping over the kind of essential thing and getting to the physical part without doing the the groundwork of leading into it safely. Do you know do you
0: it's it like it's easier, yeah, because sometimes it's way more exposing, and yeah. you might risk being way more embarrassed or whatever. And particularly if you, if you only know someone a certain length of time, if it doesn't work out, like I've had this loads of times, I'm sure you have. Do you know at the start of a relationship where you go, "What do I show my hand here or not? And and not just in, in relation to me or what I've been through or what I think, but will I tell them what I think about them, what if they don't think that about me? And you always run the risk of, well, if this doesn't work out, will they tell their friends everything I've just told them? So you're always a little bit guarded. Yeah. And there are some relationships which are just... Not just, but, but predominantly about just the physical stuff. Yeah, in loads of ways, of describing a relationship like that, and that's just and that's, two people are getting that, and it's fine. But the other stuff is, you've achieved that bit, and you're yeah. you're, you're laughing.
2: Yeah, and so like just to kind of bring it around to, again to consent, like respect and communication, I suppose are the two things, the two words that will come to my mind when I think about. Any sexual encounter, whether it's m- myself, my husband or any, you know, anything that you mm. might be going into, respect and communication will result in consent.
0: Because if you're communicative throughout the experience, it's 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 virtually impossible. And, and you're both respectful of what each other says. Mm. It, it's impossible for two people to leave a bedroom with entirely different accounts of what happened. But two people who've been completely silent. Absolutely, that can happen because I haven't checked in with you as to what's going on. Like, I'm trying to interpret your silence. Is, is this like one of those Hollywood films where we're just so in sync that we don't need to speak and we're just we just we're, we're like telepathic understanding of my body and your body and it's all great? Or are you silent because you're fucking shitting it mm. and I'm way bigger than you? And if you say no, it could lead to more trouble. So you're staying silent, hoping this encounter just ends. So when we say to start, like, how, how do you know your partner is consenting. They, they'll, 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 or, you know, define consent as it was no means no. Now, what about the absence of a no? That doesn't mean a yes. Someone being silent isn't, a, isn't consenting to have, so you tease out all this stuff. Yeah, yeah. But it's always about communication, which is difficult, more difficult to do if you're out of your mind on drink or drugs. Yeah. But if you're sober and you're, Constantly checking in I feel like I'm preaching here. <laughs> I feel like no, I'm giving a I'm, sermon well, here. Well
2: listen, I'm I'm in the church, I'm ready yeah, for it. Right. Do you know what I mean? Like
0: and that, and it's just basic common sense. That's yeah. just like again, yeah. we ask some of the lads in class and they look at me going, How are you as adults <laughs> fucking this up? Like how yeah. do you not get it? why yeah. is it like if it's two is in a room, like how can you leave yeah. with with different versions of yeah. events? Yeah. Why don't you just ask? Yeah. Like what what's the problem? And some of them are looking at me going, well, what is the problem yeah. with you lot? Yeah.
2: Yeah, and that's that's kind of cool in a way that they yeah. that you've you've made the statement and they're going well obviously. Yeah, and I they mean, look come it's on the, it's like
0: you're the, like your body, yeah, the hands are out there, yeah. palms up in the air, going, and you're shaking your head, going in disbelief, going, why am I being asked such a stupid question? Yeah, well, of course you tell them, of course you ask, yeah. of course you check in. Yeah, that why fills why wouldn't with, you?
2: That fills me with a lot more uh, comfort than the idea of them learning everything from porn, and also as you just said there, like not even porn, like Hollywood movies. Mm-hmm that they tell the biggest lies of all, don't they? Because they, you know, aside from the kind of practical elements of someone's tights coming off flawlessly in one fell swoop, like the whole thing of... That doesn't happen, no. It, that, <laughs> it's never happened to me. <laughs> um, but, you know, like they... they, It's it's all silent glances across the room or, you know, and everything is just... And it only takes five minutes and it's all grand. It, those are the biggest lies of all, I think.
0: Yeah, and, and particularly the scenes where, like, a woman is resistant at the start... Yeah, they're always satisfied yeah. by the end. Yeah, yeah. So you're like, going, okay, that's if dangerous. I was a if, if I was a young person, I would know anything about anything. Mm. I go, well, a resistant voice from my partner. See, that's normal because I've seen that on telly loads, mm. and that's just what they do. They yeah. just they just because they can't because if they're too enthusiastic at the start, they'll they're you know she'll think I think she's a slut. So she's just got to do this. This is a little dance we're gonna do. Yeah, like if a young person anywhere thinks that. Which they might get because that's the messages they get from a load of films. Yeah. So that's why you just chat to them yeah. and let them say that out loud. Yeah. So you go, I totally understand why you see, why you think that. Yeah. But, like... Think a bit deeper yeah. about it. Yeah. Let's yeah. tease this out a little bit. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. Like, it. Like I, I'm... One of, one of the most fun things to do yeah. is have these chats yeah. with a load of young lads who I just let their guard gas. down and just <laughs> say all the things and yeah. they have to the crack with each other. Yeah. Um. So it's great.
2: I'd love to be a fly on the wall for your next one. Although they they probably wouldn't let me in because I'm sure when you have your confidentiality agreement and you're, you know, there's no teachers in the room, I presume. No,
0: no I deliberately, I, I, we said that at the start when yeah. I did the mental health one. It was like I wanted a, a, a kind of empty classroom mm-hmm. because... I'm not there as any as part of any disciplinary process yeah yeah I can't give anyone detention- well can't, I don't no give anyone detention yeah. I don't do any parent-teacher meetings yeah. and I'm not I deliberately wear jeans and you call me Richie not sir so you're trying to just make it a non-classroom environment while being in a classroom yeah and <laughs> yeah. if a teacher's yeah. sitting in the corner it's not gonna work actually a, a, a woman got onto to me once after I started writing about this a load of people got on to me saying they've been making inroads in their, their schools or the local areas or whatever. And mum said, yeah, I got into some school, but one of the nuns insisted on sitting in the room.
2: Which just so negates go, okay. the whole... So you can imagine how
0: yeah. open those girls were in that classroom yeah. with sister whoever sitting in the corner.
2: Yeah. yeah, not open at all, I would imagine. Not at all. No. Richie, thank you so much. No that matter was, at all. That was a fantastically enjoyable episode. I really appreciate you coming in. Um, and actually Richie's book which is called Recovery <laughs> yeah. he's like we don't have to mention the book yeah, it's no, a big d- deal yeah, Richie. get on board with
0: your own book yeah I just feel like oh he's only doing interviews <laughs> to promote the book whereas we've been planning this for months yeah, but have, I just couldn't yeah. come in the have. publishers wouldn't let me talk until the book is out <laughs> yeah, yeah, so yeah. buy the book don't buy the book yeah, doesn't matter it. you can buy it it's fine I wanted to come here um, to talk about and all this in
2: fairness from what I've read so far it's, it's thoroughly enjoyable and you know I'm, I'm going to admit sports it's probably not my area of great interest and expertise, although I, I do love second captains. I have a vested interest in it. Right. Um, but I, yeah, I I was, you know, it wouldn't have been something I'd initially go, oh, yeah, I want to read that. But it's so much more than.
0: Yeah, I try to basically, and I've tried to do this for ages, actually, just use sport or football as the vehicle to get a load of other more meaningful topics on the table. Yeah. And I've tried to do that with the book. It's yeah. It's. To be honest It's not really a sports book No, no <laughs> I'm, I'm finding that more I played more. football for a while <laughs> <And> <laughs> But <then> by <bye-bye laughs> chapter 9 Or whatever it's gone Yeah yeah
2: yeah um, And it was It was described as Searingly honest um, Yeah well
0: I didn't think So I, Like I've read books before Where at the end of it You go I don't know anything more About this fella Yeah It was just a series of Memories from matches And scenes that I saw From my sitting and watching telly You go okay There's no inside here Yeah Um, kind of an all or nothing kind of fella yeah. so I thought if I <laughs> yeah. do this yeah. I'm going go yeah, we'll to go all in and yeah. Yeah, yeah. deal with the consequences after
2: well it's out now recovering Um, and thanks again Richie thanks Cassie Scout played a blinder in her bed making no noise at all Um, and thank you all for listening and for commenting and getting involved in polls and everything on at private education podcast on Instagram so until next week stay safe have fun bye